Hello and welcome to the first Bills from Afar podcast of 2022 year with me, Tim Rudge, and my co-host, Charlie. Charlie, how are you doing? I'm good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. It felt weird saying that just because we're recording this on the 6th of January and uh, our last podcast to preview the Falcons game, that was on the 31st. That was, I think, New Year's Eve we put that out. So it felt a little bit weird to say that considering we're six days into 2022. But have you had a good start to it? Um, pretty quiet, just a bit of work. Yeah. Um, I did go to the Fitzrovia Bell to see the Falcons yes. game, which was great. I think it was probably the... Um, the best atmosphere we've had in the pub um this this yeah. year i mean we, we had the obviously the big meetup for the jags game but obviously the a few people were upset by that by, by that tweet that you put out which uh suggested that was a be- best atmosphere there's a few comments you got it wasn't say, it wasn't hey, really yeah, we close <laughs> <laughs> compared to the jags game everyone's just angry at the jags game so yeah um but no it was really good it was, uh, you know good mix of some of the more regulars and some people that never been before uh even including some people that were visiting from buffalo um so yeah just a great group had a really good evening and um yeah i can't wait to do it again for the playoffs i think for the playoffs we're going to be at the more town bell again where we've got more space yeah there's obviously more people turning up um many more screens um um, so yeah, probably won't be there this weekend. It's a, it's a later game, kickoff uh, 9:30. But yeah, for the uh, for the playoffs, um, I'll definitely be be back in London for the pub. Will you be coming down? Will you uh, plan to come along? I definitely hope around? so. It, it yeah. depends how far they get into the, the playoffs. Obviously, if they made the Super Bowl, well, um, that, that's absolutely got to be done. Um, or the wild card round. I don't know what our round. chances are going to be that we get to the Super Bowl. Um, but um, did I say playoffs then? If we get to playoffs, or did I say yeah, you Super said Bowl? playoffs? Yeah. So okay. I'm, I'm well, a... I meant play Super right, Bowl. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yes, um, if we were to, I don't know, advance to the championship or Super Bowl, I'll have to get to one of those games uh, definitely. Especially because I wasn't able to make it last minute to the big meet for the Jags game. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll absolutely be looking to get down, and I'll encourage all the listeners to do the same if they're able to. It's a great great occasion and um great folk that are down there with regulars and was there anyone that's been on the pod that went i know yeah scott Scott. ozzy scott yeah Yeah, he was there as always um so uh yeah that was yeah he's a good guy scott so um yeah it was a good good group of people um Mm. a couple of people that came for the first time really really enjoyed it um including robin who i was uh, sat with at the uh the thanksgiving game he came along so yeah just a good good crowd really Good. Yeah, good stuff. Well, just before, I know you touched on it at the end of last podcast, but um, the off-season, you know, after the season is wrapped up, we're doing a lot of work in the background to get things ready, to get some ideas together, and we're approaching a number of different Bills backers from across the globe to come on and do the guest interviews that were successful and proved um, really fun last really la- popular last as well yes yeah, really popular, most popular yeah. episodes yeah yeah, yeah. so um, that's been I'd say um, our most uh, fun that we've had doing our podcast episodes like bringing the guests on and understanding their stories and they've all got their own uh, unique ways that they you know uh, their, their, their own unique stories their own unique ways of how they found the bills so um, yeah a lot of work going on in the background there and we've already got some good exciting interviews lined up so uh, that that's that'll be really exciting and uh, yeah definitely subscribe and follow our podcast uh, account on twitter as well that's bills from afar so yeah it's really good stuff so yeah we're here to do the 
week 17 Falcons game review and then preview for week 18 matchup against the Jets. So obviously since we last on our game preview against the Falcons, at that point we hadn't clinched, had we, for playoffs. And obviously we beat the Falcons 29-15 uh, quite convincingly in the end, although Josh Allen made that a little bit uh, closer than it should have been, really. Um, but we've clinched. So, yeah, we're in the postseason. It doesn't get old, does it? I mean, no. Um, it still felt, I think one of the reasons why it was such a good atmosphere in the pub is that we knew that we were clinching the play and getting in the playoffs. And it's something as Bills fans we don't take for granted, even though that was. Yeah, just, just so you're saying that the, the atmosphere was, uh, what that was one of the reasons was. Um, you know, you knew the Bills were going to clinch the playoffs. But in the second quarter, obviously, Josh turned the ball over three times. What was the atmosphere like at half time when we went in behind? Were we still quite confident based generally on. Generally, people felt, and certainly I did, that we would get back into it. Um, yeah. I mean, it was obviously a bad series of throws by Josh. Was it just like five passes or something and three interceptions or something crazy? Four, yeah. Four, was yeah. it? Jeez. I mean, um, yeah. but. You know, it's like we say sometimes, every, every inception's got to... It's weird. Like Josh was feeling himself a bit too much, wasn't he, in that first half? In the first quarter, he looked great. And um, obviously, we scored the two touchdowns after they turned the ball over. Um, there was the weird safety, but basically, what if we were 14-2 up or something like that and coming into the second quarter? 14-5, yeah. 14-5, yes, of course, because they got a field goal. And then, yeah, um, yeah Josh had the sort of, you know this sort of disaster for passes in the second quarter and we just looked terrible um and then the second half was completely different because what he only only passed it what six times and the rest of the time it was his rushing attempts from Singletary and Moss and himself yeah. of course so it was like it was a really weird game um and it was really but no I don't think people were sort of too doom and gloom at halftime I think people no. still felt I always feel good when I've seen the Bills put points on the board you know that, that first if it's tight all the way through to the fourth quarter then I get nervous but the fact we'd scored two touchdowns in that first quarter we knew we could do it yeah um, it's just a question of eliminating the mistakes and we basically just shot ourselves in the foot you know you take those out and of course it's, it's fine so no it wasn't wasn't too too worrisome really it was kind of funny like you know, on Twitter people go oh this is really bad and I'm like yeah, chill out. We won the game, you know. Um, all right, Josh probably had his, day, one of his worst games ever, but he had the best game ever there a week before, hadn't he? So, well, actually, Josh Allen did in terms of his passing performance. He had his worst game in the NFL. That hasn't actually been talked about because I looked into this over the last four seasons. Um, I'm surprised. I thought there'd be a 2018 game there that would have a worse passer rating. But if you look purely at a passer rating uh, of 17 that he got in this game, that is the worst. The next is uh, 24 against the Patriots at home in 2019. That was a 10-16 yeah. lot. Yeah, really ugly game. So that is actually his worst passing yeah. performance based on passer rating in in the NFL. Well, you really... know, the thing about Josh is he's also giving you stuff on the ground, isn't he? And this yeah. is why, you know, having this dual threat quarterback is so... Um, so helpful Shall we get into the awards? Yeah, um, let's is, do that. Does, yeah, do, yeah. does Josh feature uh, in any of the categories? No. Does he not? Okay. <laughs> well, okay, maybe. Uh, let's let's we'll see when we get there. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, let's start off with MVP then, shall we? Who's, yeah. Who's your MVP? So for me, I've nominated Harrison Phillips for this. Mm, uh, we, yeah, three quarterback t- pressures, I think, didn't he? Three three pressures, two quarterback knockdowns, one sack, uh, one fumble recovery as well. I just thought he played really well in all facets of the game against the run. He was really good. Obviously, applied pressure on Matt Ryan. 
Um, it wasn't difficult based on that Falcons O line. That was just pitiful. Um, that wasn't an NFL line in my mind. But he's been consistent for the last month now. Um, his trajectory has been on the up. So here's a question for you then. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure we're pretty much locked into Starlord too late next season as well. Yeah. Due to the um, the way that they restructured that contract. Yep. Harrison Phillips has obviously improved, but we've only seen you know a few games of him. But he's definitely operating at a much better level. Would you draft a one tech in this coming draft? I still would because we will need, you know, you can't count on star anyway. You know, just with his availability, he was out this game for a personal reason. No one knows what that is, and they're, you know, more than likely to be a valid reason as to why he missed the game. But you know, with his COVID, you know, he's been out with COVID, he's had injuries, he opted out last season. You can't depend on the guy. Plus, we're and, gonna need someone to replace he's gonna go at the end of next season. We're gonna have to um Yeah. Replace. You know, the trench play, you know, I know Harrison Phillips has played really well the last month, but before that, we were saying that we needed to gut the position outside of Ed Oliver. And I still feel somewhat we need to do that. Um, if Harrison Phillips was able to be extended, then that will certainly help the situation. But I don't want to rely on Star and Harrison Phillips. And obviously, Ed Oliver is only going to, I assume they're going to pick up the fifth year option because it's only 10.6 million um, will be against the cap for next season. So it's definitely. So you and a, I agree we should, we should still. Um, yeah. We just still draft the one tech. Yeah. 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 yeah in the trenches on both sides of the ball. So yeah. I'd still okay. look into that. But yeah, I just thought he played really well. What about you? Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary. I think yeah. he's again shown massive improvement. I mean, partly we've seen an improvement on the offensive line, and that's that's helped, I think. But I go back to the the yards after contact with Devin Singletary has improved significantly. And we've seen in these last few games a stronger, more powerful, more aggressive. Um, player than we've ever seen in his time at Buffalo. But also, um, he's, well, we lent on him heavily. I mean, 23 carries, um, an average of 4.8 yards per carry and two touchdowns, long of 20 yards. He's getting these sort of breakaway plays here and there. Once he can get past the line, um, it seems that he can he's, he can take advantage of that balance uh, and that, uh, that vision. So, I still don't believe he's a running back one, <laughs> to be clear, but I think he's massively improved. And I mean, I have to put a word in for Zach Moss as well, because he also, you know, only five rushes, but 7.8 uh, per carry. Um, I still think he'll be on the outside looking in next season, but we've got a situation now where we have some form of running game. Now we have to put all of this into context and the fact that the Falcons defense running run defense is terrible, but it, it I feel that even within that situation, we have some some aspect of a running game that we were probably going to need during the playoffs. So um, I just I'm just really impressed by Singletary's improvement in, the, in the, his aggressiveness and his power and his, his yards after contact. I think that's a, that's a massive improvement from him. Okay, so I was going to ask you about the rushing attack and Devin Singletary specifically. So you don't still see him as an RB1, like as a bell cow back Correct. for next no, season. You still want to look to yeah. upgrade and improve that position group for next season? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, you can pick up running backs all through the draft. It doesn't mean we have to go and draft a running back one. We've seen plenty of really effective, good running backs picked up in the third, fourth rounds. Um, I'd like to see that. Um, I'd like to see somebody with a bit more breakaway speed somebody who can attack the edge um, and maybe then it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a load share again, but 
what who knows what they'll do but that's what i would do um we don't want to necessarily be paying running backs big contracts i think the other angle that they might go for is maybe to try and pick up a veteran mm. you know not a superstar but somebody who's competent you know a few years under the um under the hood um just to kind of give us a different option um there's not that many massive holes in this roster that you think in free agency they're going to address but that could be one of them yeah um but yeah i think either draft somebody or pick someone up in free agency um to just complement singletary's skill sets yeah there'll definitely be players on the market i know that melvin gordon who plays for the broncos he's out of contract after this season and kind of money Javonte, does he get though he's not he's not about cheap, five six million a year no, but obviously yeah, he's, he, he's played pretty well but he's not you know he's not the Melvin Gordon when he was with the Chargers you know so I feel like he could come in with a fairly modest you know we're not going to get a proven veteran that's going to come in on one million two million a year you're going to have to look at probably three four that's kind of the area I'd be looking at so not to get just like any particular scrub off the street someone that has proven it in the past but they still have proven it recently. You know, it's not a Le'Veon Bell or, yeah. you know, uh, Todd Gurley or someone that's been on the street for a couple of years and they just clearly haven't got it. You know, he is still playing at a, a reasonable level in the NFL. So that's someone that I know is coming out of contract that we could potentially target in the offseason. And I think before he actually joined the Broncos, I'm pretty sure we were actually in the bidding to actually sign him. So mm. that could be someone that they look at, but I totally agree. And um, just whilst we're on the running backs... I haven't told you this today, but, um, I, you know, we've been, I've started my scouting process anyway for the 2022 draft. I've started watching the Ed Rushes, but I was watching a few games from the running backs and I looked at Kenneth Walker and I listened to Draft Dudes episode earlier this week with Jay Marino and Kyle Krabs and they were both talking about him and... It's funny, actually. Um, this was the Michigan game that I watched, and they both said he's a really good runner, but he can't pass protect to save his life, and he can't. He's not like a third down running back. Mm. He's pretty pitiful in terms of route running, and that's exactly what I saw in that game. He's a really fun runner. He glides. He finds for creases. He does have a home space. run. Yeah. You know, he has that home run ability, but his pass protection, he was so, you know, with Singletary and Moss, at least they give you adequate. Pass oh, especially Moss. Moss is excellent in the pass protection. Yeah, they're um, really good. But you, you you watch that Michigan game, Michigan, Michigan State, uh, his highlights, and you'll just see it for yourself. And it's like, bloody hell, he's got a lot to learn. Um, and that's why I think if he was a, better at those uh, areas, then he would be a first round, like end of first round running back. But mm. he just can't pass protect at the moment, and he's not a good threat in the, uh, in the passing game. So yeah. that's what's holding that. But back to the game <laughs> we're not going to be talking about draft until uh no. the off season so next, um, next award then or which one do you want to go next yeah i don't really mind uh should we go with the new award for rex do you have anyone rex. nominated for that yeah so what the incompetence award <laughs> yeah pretty much i've got actually two well, uh, areas i'm gonna go a little mind. bit off piece with this i'm gonna say okay. Matt ryan sliding <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the I've... fact he went down before the uh, he had the ball over the line, then decided to taunt Jordan Poyer, and then had to get pushed back 15 yards was one of the funniest things I've seen in, in recent games. So yeah, Matt Ryan sliding is is my Rex vote for the uh, for the week. 
that's a good one. That's a solid one. I've got two. So one on each side of the ball. So I alluded to it earlier, but the Falcons O-line there were just, seems like every other drop back, Matt Ryan faced pressure. And I know that's been the theme for the Falcons all season. And they were just, that unit is just an absolute shambles. And they've invested a few, you know, fairly high picks in that area. And they're just embarrassing. So from the Falcons side of things, I've nominated them. But then Mark, Mark, I'm going to butcher his name now, Marquez Stevenson. Marquez Stevenson, um, yeah. Yeah, there were two return fumbles. One he obviously was able to uh, pick up, back up again. Uh, one that resulted into that safety. He just seems like a track guy. Like I, He doesn't seem to have much shiftiness about him or the ability to see lanes. He often runs into the back of our own players. And obviously, he's it didn't cost a, us. still a rookie, isn't he? I mean... He is. Like, uh, but that... It's so big, and it could be so. That could be the thing that costs us in the playoffs. You know, it's a game of inches at the end of the day. Mm, you know, true, and true. I just feel like, you know, again the return game. I was a big fan of Andre Roberts for the past couple of seasons. You know that, and that's got nothing to do with him scoring a hundred. Can't be yards. that dead horse anymore. <laughs> well, I don't know what give his it contract. Up, give it up. <laughs> oh, I can't bring back Andre Roberts. It's got nothing to do with him scoring a return touchdown for the charges uh, at the weekend. But yeah, I just don't like seeing it. I, I'm just big in the special teams. Uh, and yeah, he's got to clean up on that. And it's just got to go away. And he's just got to, you know, he has at times been able to have a couple of good returns, but it just feels like he doesn't have a feel for where the lanes are. And uh, it just feels like he's not got any moves. You know, he hasn't got the shiftiness of a McKenzie. So, you know, again, as you say, he's a rookie. Let's hope he improves. Let's hope it doesn't cost us. Uh, and he bounces back against the Jets. So mm-hmm. that was my one. What about play of a game for you? Play the game. So, yeah, I think this is... I'm going to go with the one that I just thought was had the biggest wow factor, um, which was the Gabriel Davis on the sideline. Um, you know, the sort of toe-drag swag. It's that thing that Davis just does so well, is those contested catches on the sideline. I just thought that was a fantastic. And if you watch it back in slow motion, you're like, how on earth do you get his feet in? Um, yeah. I just thought it was a fantastic play. Um, so, I mean, maybe there were more impactful plays and more significant plays in the game, but I just thought that was the one with the wow factor for me. What about you? Mm. I've kind of gone along the same themes in terms of it wasn't a game-winning play, Um Although it could have been, I don't actually know what resulted into uh, after this play. But for me, it was for Rousseau strip sack that was recovered by Harrison Phillips. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't think it was a huge play in the outcome of the game. But I always like strip sack. In my opinion, is like one of the most aesthetically pleasing plays in the game, along with a big big boy interception as well. You've got to love those because they don't ever happen really. Yeah, but yeah, they sometimes do. But I just enjoy a strip sack seeing a player coming off the edge you know swinging his arm down disrupting a ball and just the recovery so I enjoyed that and Rousseau has been a bit quiet since uh, he started really well you know this season really well yeah he's quieted a little bit but I thought that was a big play and uh, I hope that he uses that as a springboard as we go into the playoffs of you know seeing a few more glimpses of what he has you know his potential moving forward so I just enjoyed that play yeah very good. So surprise and, of the game. Yeah, so 
here's where I bring in Josh Allen. I have thought about, actually, I did have him in the Rex category in terms of his passing performance, but I felt like Josh Allen, I can't ever put him in there. Because no, he's still that first quarter Josh too, Allen. and what he did with his feet. Yeah, this is just purely the surprise of the game was just the passing performance of Josh Allen. So yeah. 11 of 26, 120 yards, zero passing touchdowns, three interceptions. Um, as I talked about, worst passer rating of 17, um, nine, which man. is his worst in his career. <laughs> um, for some reason, it, he was just forcing it, wasn't he? Trying to make that big play. Well, one of the things that was bugging me, even in the first quarter, was the pace he was putting on the ball. He was firing balls in. There was one that uh, missed touchdown to Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Thinking, well, there's no need to fire it into that kind of pace. All the touch had gone. And um, I don't know whether he was just trying to throw it through a bit of wind, but it seemed like everything was being shot out of a out of a cannon. And it seemed unnecessary. But that was my vote as well, actually, was Josh Allen's. Um, Josh Allen, just generally, I thought he had a pretty poor game, certainly in the passing space, as mm. we know from the statistics. Um, he, he came out in that second quarter and he was definitely feeling himself. He was trying to go for the big plays. And I don't know, he's just... If we compare it to the Patriots game, we, I think we said it was this sort of perfect combination of taking what the defense gives you and then occasional magic plays. But the thing is that taking what the defense gives you forces openings that allows the magic plays later. Um, it, it disrupts defenses. It forces them to have to change. And you see more cool stuff emerging. And what was really disappointed me is having played so well against the Bucs in that second half and then so well against the Patriots and then pretty decent against the Panthers. Um, he just he seemed to have lost all of that. It was a really interesting statistic. I don't know if you heard uh, Joe Marino, um, I think it was on his, uh, on his question and answer pod, started talking about, there was a question came in, I think it was Joe Marino's show, where they asked if there was a difference in how Josh performs at home versus yeah. on the road. Yeah. And it was a very significant difference in statistical uh, out, uh, production. And basically, Josh plays way better on the road. Um, so that, that sort of implies a couple of things. One is maybe he's not so keen on the weather, but I think more likely he likes to try and impress the Bills Mafia a bit too much. And maybe mm. he goes in with a more conservative mentality when he's on the road. I mean, I saw him play against the Saints and he, he was he was great. He was really good. And then we saw them what he did against the, the Patriots. We know what the top end is for Josh Allen now, and it's a really high level. And then it's so disappointing when he regresses so far. So, you know, we talked about regression. Well, we saw we saw it last week. Um, but I actually sometimes with Josh, because I think he's quite an emotional guy. I don't think this is always a bad thing. I feel like maybe this was the reminder of how he needs to play before we get to the playoffs. Um, and, and maybe it just puts him in the right mentality for these, mm. these, these next upcoming games that we're going to need to see. Cause he needs to play like he played against the, the saints and the, and the, um, and the, and the Patriots in the playoffs. That's what he's going to need to do. And maybe this will just remind him that, you know, you don't have to force it all the time. Just take what the defense mm. gives you. Yeah, it was weird because in that Patriots game, you know, he had to feel his way into the game to enable him to make those uh, magical plays. But it wasn't like this against the Falcons. He was six of nine and I think 60-something yeah. passing yards in the first quarter. First quarter, so, was good. Yeah, was yeah good. he was good, as you said. And we were up nine points in the second quarter before the first yep. turnover. So why was he playing like that? Was he trying to make a case for MVP? Um, I'm not too sure what was going on there. 
Um, it's weird, though, as you said, like his worst passing performances in 2021 has been against the Falcons and Jacks. Um, and they're amongst the worst passing defences, yeah. yet he's played lights out against the Patriots. And I think Saints, he tries to force it. Um, I mean, I'm not a film film guy too much mm. when it comes to looking at all 22 or anything, but listening a bit to Eric Turner's analysis, he did say that Atlanta defence was doing some different kinds of stuff, uh, you know, different types of coverages, um, disguising their coverage pretty well. Um, but still, it didn't feel like this was a, jo- a situation where Joss was struggling to work out what was going on. It felt more like he was just trying to force it into places yeah. that weren't there. Um, and it wasn't just the interceptions, you know, it, it was there was some some poor throws generally in there. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure, he, sure we won't see that again. I hope we won't. Um, learning lesson for him but um, yeah yeah a pretty pretty obvious <laughs> disappointment for the game surprise of the game yeah how I do you get on with they, your uh, sorry go no i was just gonna say just one final point on that that based on the fact that his worst performances have been against bad passing defenses and, the, and his mm. best have been against the best passing defenses like it just goes to show that you know, his performances are not correlative based on his opposition defence. And it's all about when Josh Allen, if he wants to turn it on and he wants to play in structure and he's able to do it against the best when he wants to do it, it's all about him. Yeah, it's Um, all about what's going on in his head. Yeah. Without a doubt. doubt. He beats himself, doesn't he? Yeah, he he does. And I think that he tries to to force it against these these poorer defences because he thinks he can. Whereas actually he's more conservative when he's playing against those better defenses because he doesn't think those big plays are necessarily open for him. But of course they do open up because he's, he's forcing them to change the way that they're playing because he's gobbling up yards. So yeah, I think it's, um, it's an interesting psychological study of Josh Allen, but you know, we'll, we wouldn't have it any other way. Right. I mean, it's uh, because he tries some of this stuff. That's where some of the magic plays come from. Exactly. And I've said before that, you know, when, when he takes the long sack sometimes, like I don't mind that sometimes because when he does escape the pocket and he's able to throw the ball, you know, eight out of 10 plays yeah. are positive plays. Mm-hmm. So you've just got to kind of roll with the punches and accept what Josh Allen is. Yeah. So yeah. Good stuff. How'd you get on with your bets? I have to say mine were not quite as good as the previous week. Um, if I just go through them one by one. So I had the Bills, I had the Bills beating the first quarter handicap of the three and a half points. That was quite comfortable. I had Josh throwing <laughs> over one and a half uh, touchdowns. So that didn't come in, obviously. I had him, I didn't expect him to be rushing. And actually this was kind of annoying <laughs> to me was the fact he was rushing yeah. so much because he, he was also putting himself in a bit too much danger, in my opinion. I, I felt like he could have, he could have slid he had the first down in certain circumstances and he was still taking several hits. Yeah. Um, I know he's a gamer, uh, but I, you know, playoffs. Great. Let's do that in the playoffs, but two games from the playoffs when you're ahead, it's not necessary. Um, but yeah, so he did me there. And then I had the bills beating the handicap for the game at 14 and a half points. And of course it came in at 14, which is uh, a little disappointing. So one yeah. out of one out of four this week, which was, well, I guess it offsets the, the three out of four I had the week before. How about you? Yeah, I lost them all. So all four bets that I placed, I lost. And that really, the last one you mentioned about not beating a spread, mine was minus 14. So they hit it. So even if they'd won by another point, um, they would have won that bet. That was then rolled into a 44 plus match points um, as well. And it was exactly 44. So they matched the 
match points over under and then they matched the spread and that meant I lost because they had to get either yeah they had to win by one point which have made the game points go up by one point so that would have got me into profit um just for one out of the four bets winning but that lost and then everything else lost so I've done a bit of a long shot one which was Stefan Diggs and Kyle Pitts to get 60 plus receiving yards and then Patterson and Singletary 60 plus rushing yards and I think Diggs and Patterson got unders on theirs but Pitts um, and Singletary got overs on that Um, Singletary I was just surprised that they didn't you know, they had a good recipe in terms of passing it to the running backs and Devon Singletary. Right, and Patriots. he didn't do that at all. I thought, didn't do that at all. There was I no offloads, was there? any receptions. <laughs> so, it, was, it was just bizarre. You know, I, The line was 16 yeah. and a half, and I, he got nothing on that. And then <laughs> <laughs> Josh Allen, two plus passing touchdowns, and the Bills to win. And obviously that didn't come in either. Uh, so, yeah, a really shocking day at the office again. Um, oh, let's hope uh, this coming week is going to be better. So, definitely brings us on to the Jets. I find it hard to talk too excitedly about a game against the Jets. The, the team that I like playing the least, <laughs> if that's possible. I don't know. I feel like they always play a little bit. Well, I know we typically win. <laughs> I feel like they're often quite ugly games, and that that yeah. that field goal only game was was always sticks in my mind. I also feel like if we were to lose against the Jets, it would be genuinely embarrassing. So I don't know. It just feels like a game I just don't look forward to. Um, I mean, obviously we had a very comfortable victory against them earlier in the season, but if we remember, we were playing Mike White, and um, yeah, he didn't look up to too much. Um, no. And I, I'm not worried about playing the Jets. I'm sure we'll win. I just, for some reason, the games against the Jets, I don't enjoy. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. don't know why. So well, let's say I enjoy the least out of all the opponents we play. Mm. Yeah, sure. How do you feel about the game coming up? I feel pretty good about it. Um, they're actually stronger, it feels like, on the offense. Their defense has been The offense terrible. has started to tick, hasn't it? But their defense is yeah. terrible. And he's one of the, isn't it the worst defense in the league? Something like that. It is, in yeah. terms of... Um, points uh, scored against them and what was the other and, and yards so the two key metrics of the game they're by far the worst defence uh, and you think of you know Robert Saller he's a defensive coach yet they've regressed um, I think Joe Marino said that they'd um, their uh, points scored the 20 points worse than what they were last season so clearly the investments are D-line you look on that that D-line on paper and it's pretty good. I know they've had uh, Carl Lawson out all season and they've been pretty banged up, but you've got Quinn and Williams, you've got Sheldon Rankins, um, a really good interior group there. Uh, John Franklin Myers, you know, these are good players. Uh, but then I looked at their pressure rates. Um, they're in the bottom six in terms of pressures on quarterbacks, but they have the same amount of sacks as the Bills. So, um, yeah, I just find... It's, it's a weird team. As you said, they've got better offensively with Zach Starts Wilson. Starts some points on the board, haven't they? And they yeah. yeah they so the it's a... Bucks a surprising run for their money. But then they, yeah. you know, they gave up against, what, 26 points against the Jags. So it, it feels like even if they have a decent day on offense, which I don't yeah. expect because our defense is playing you know, lights out right now, we're going to outscore them. You've got to hope. Yeah. Um, a question that I have in my mind is what do you expect from the game plan? Because you know, sometimes at this point, teams will start to put on film slightly unusual things so that the opposition in the playoffs has something else to prepare for. Um, 
I'm my gut feel is that we're going to see not necessarily as much running as we we did against the Falcons, but we'll see a fair chunk of our running game again, um, and probably with the ambition that we open up and pass, pass, pass in the playoffs. But you know, what do you think? I mean, it's, doesn't the weather doesn't look too bad? I think in Orchard Park on Sunday. Yeah, I had a quick look yesterday. It looks like it's going to rain Sunday morning. It's going to be around zero one degrees, uh, but it's meant to. Uh, stop by about game time so it should be fairly overcast it should be obviously cold um that doesn't really favor us or the jets obviously um but i feel like contrary to you actually i feel like they'll run the ball a lot just because the jets run defense yeah is yeah the worst no, I'm in saying, the league. well so you think they'll do it just simply because the jets are, are bad and yeah. because we have been you know historically when you, you go back to earlier the season, our run, rushing attack has been pretty dreadful and they want to get that running game going. Yeah, and get I know that, that played really well yeah. against the Falcons. I think they're going to keep wanting to try and get that run game going. And then in the background, they'll be working on some you know different plays, some new game scripts maybe that will help the team in the playoffs. So I think they'll try and shield uh, any surprises by trying to rush the ball as much as possible. Hopefully that is just with the running backs and Josh Allen doesn't have to run as much as he has in the last couple of weeks. But I think, yeah, it's going to be predominantly run first. And if uh, I'm I, right, we're actually going to know who we're going to be playing in the playoffs by the time that comes around, I think. Just looking at the we? game list. Ah, so New England, Miami actually knows it's at the same time. It's the same so we'll time, know yeah. by the end of the game um, who we're playing. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. The likelihood, the sort of two most likely teams for us to play are either the Colts or the Pats with a sort of narrow advantage to the Pats. Um, I think if everything stays as it is, we play the Patriots in Orchard Park in the Wild Card round. How would you feel about that? Um, obviously, we had a terrible game against them earlier in the year when the weather was terrible. Then we beat the life out of them in uh, Foxborough. What's your... Would you would you be settled for that? I mean, I personally, I would prefer them than the Colts. I think the Colts are one of the worst matchups for us. It's a really tricky one, Colts or Patriots. I've been going backwards and forwards and over this in my mind. I still would prefer the Colts, I think. And I know Jonathan Taylor, what season he's had. And I know how... But I just feel like Carson Wentz, you know, he wasn't able, you know, he didn't need to do anything against us. And neither did Mac Jones in the home game. Clearly, he only threw the ball three times. But I feel like Mac Jones has a higher floor than Carson Wentz. And if the game, you know, obviously Wentz will have to throw the ball more. And he showed, you know, against us, there was a, a really good, I think, third down play. He was able to escape, duck under, I think, Mario Addison's arm and escape. So he has that. He has that occasional, you know, um, fantastic play in him. But I watched him against the Raiders and he just, I know he, he's only just come off a COVID list and that could have affected him. But I just know that in those situations, he should before in previous seasons that you know he's crumbled and I feel like if we get ahead and put pressure on Carson Wentz and the Colts then I think that'll be better than facing the Patriots in my mind like I think if, if the Patriots are in those same situations I would be more hesitant about it you know got Josh McDaniels uh, clearly Bill Belichick they're able to drop plays and 
they're able to find ways to you know create offense when you don't necessarily have to throw it so I know that you're different to me Charlie I know that you'd prefer to play the Patriots over the Colts um, do you want to give your reasons to that based yeah, on what I, I've just I, said well I think that in Buffalo you know what's going to be third week in January chances are weather's not great and the Colts have probably the best running game in the league and I think that if you match running game to running game the Colts would be the favorites they also destroyed us earlier in the season it wasn't even close um they were were the one team that's really kind of embarrassed us I think this year other than the Jags but that's for different reasons um so I feel, you know, on one hand, you could say, well, Belichick's, you know, his defensive mastermind. He's seen the Bills twice this, this year now. I mean, maybe he comes up with something special, but he tried a lot of different things when we played them and um, didn't get them very far. So mm. um, I, I think both are tough. I think anyone in the AFC is tough, honestly. I mean, unless we get sort of Steelers or a, or a um, Raiders or something because something crazy happens, um, yeah. that, then I think anybody else is, is tough. And I think we're going to have, I'm not, you mentioned whether we get to the Super Bowl. I'm not expecting us to get to the Super Bowl. I think, I think there are too many good teams in the AFC, and I don't have confidence that this Bills team can put together four wins on the bounce um, mm. to the level that they would need to to get to the Super Bowl. I just, I just can't. I just find that hard yeah. to believe after this season, and that's okay. You know, um, uh, not every. <laughs> although I think at a high high end, we are a Super Bowl contending team and a Super Bowl yeah. winning team if we play our, our best ball. But for us to play our best ball four games in a row, that feels like a, a tough ask. Yeah. I don't disagree. I just want to clarify that I was only um, making that comment about going to the Moortown Bell and hooking up, you know, with with, with, the, oh, yeah. <laughs> with the guys. That It's not me saying that we're Super Bowl bound. And, you know, I've said before, you know, if we made it, we'd probably struggle, you know, and I, I agree exactly with what you say uh, in terms of that. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting, though. The Bengals, um, who are in the third seed at the moment, they're planning to rest a number of their players, including Joe Burrow. I know the Browns, who are their opposition, you know, Baker Mayfield's out. He's going to have surgery now. Uh, and they've got nothing to play for. So they could just be on the beaches already and, you know, not care and allow the Bengals to win under Brandon Allen but you know there is an opportunity there uh, if and like we expect to beat the Jets you know beat them and the Bengals uh, lose against the Browns and that'll person the third seed and that's only going to help us I think so and then you're saying about the weather whilst I was looking at the weather for this Jets game I did actually look at the weather for next uh, Sunday when the wildcard game would take place in Buffalo ah, it's a long time to I know it's a long time I know it's a long time I was going to add that caveat as well but looking ahead it's going to be really cold it's saying like minus seven or minus eight during the day so it's going to be freezing so who knows what the weather is going to be like if it's going to snow it doesn't say it is but as you say, so much could change, but it is going to look like a bloody cold day in Buffalo. So who knows what that will do, who that will favour. You know, imagine the favour of running game, but uh, who knows? So, so that's my, just my... my... My preference is if the Chargers beat the 49ers, which I think is perfect. Chargers possible. Raiders, you mean? Uh, sorry, Raiders. Is it Raiders? No. Yeah, Chargers oh, Raiders. Oh, no, I'm looking at the wrong thing. Yeah, Chargers Raiders. The Chargers win, they beat the Raiders. That would yeah. push them up to 
Um, and the Colts lost. Who did the Colts play? They play. Um, uh, they play the, the Jacks. That's not going to happen, really. No. <laughs> but um, uh, let's uh, suppose it did. That would push the, the Chargers up to the um, uh, what would that be? The sixth seed. And then the Bengals yeah. lost. That would drop us. That would put us into the third, and we then play the Chargers. Um, I don't think we can. Can we make the second seed? A very slim chance. I think it was like two percent. I saw earlier this week someone had done the maths for it, and there was like a two percent so chance. Denver would need to beat Kansas City. That would make them eleven and six. We would go to eleven and six, and we'd have the tiebreaker against Kansas City because we beat them, right? But mm. we'd also need the Bengals to lose. So we need the Bengals losing and the Chiefs winning. Um, sorry, and the Chiefs losing. Oh no, this messes with my head. And also the strength of schedule. Yeah. I don't know what that. Oh, what would the strength of schedule count ahead of the tiebreaker? No, it doesn't. Right, that's the third. No, that's the third thing. No. So it's record, um, tiebreakers, and then strength of schedule. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So there's a Let's few different angles for more here. Intelligent men than us, Charlie. I think it is. We'll, well, we're clearly heads. not bright enough to no. work all this stuff out. This is, <laughs> this is far too complicated. We'll know by you know uh, one a.m. or something on on Monday morning who we're playing. <laughs> so oh, we didn't talk about that at the start, did we? No. Um, we're both clearly uh, disappointed about the game being flexed to uh, twenty-five past nine UK time. Yeah, uh, that that's gonna mess us up a little bit Monday morning, but. Uh, We'll get through. We've got to be in playoff mode now, haven't we? At the end of the day, you know, we, we go, I know there's one. Is it Sunday or Saturday? There's a 1 p.m. game in uh, Central Time in the US. Which we won't get that. PM here. No, we're not. <laughs> if it's going to be the Patriots or the Colts, they always one. Yeah, they always especially the a Patriots. That that's going to be the prime time. Yeah. You know, 8:20 game. Uh, you know, so yeah, agreed. So we've got to get in that. You know. Uh, got to get our bodies ready for that so I suppose this Jets game is going to be a good warm up for that um, so I've got a few more notes to add about the Jets I'll just quickly run through yeah, them sure. so obviously it's the first time as you said we're facing Zach Wilson um, and he's so improved hasn't he it's fair to say he's, he's improved his last couple he has so I've got some splits so it's quite nice even splits actually so he was able to play six games at the start of the season um, and then he's played six games since he returned from injury. So in his first six, or so in his last six games since he returned from injury, he's had four p- passing touchdowns and two interceptions, which is compared to four passing touchdowns and nine interceptions in his first six games. So clearly he's been uh, taking care of the ball more. I know that um, he's been playing better um, and he's kind of taken what the D's given him. Uh, he's staying in the pocket when he can as well. We saw from uh, his college tape at BYU, he'd like to scramble and, you know, make these playoff script. And, you know, he was able to do that really well at that level. But, you know, this is the NFL and he's not able to do that. And I think the fact that he's been able to, you know, sit on the sidelines, watch Mike White and those guys play at quarterback, um, and have that vantage point, you know, it's probably done him some good. Like Josh Allen had the same, didn't he, in his rookie season? He had to sit out and watch Derek Anderson play, I think, four or five games. And he thought, and I he play was... better than this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't think that was difficult. So he was able to learn more. I think that's the same with Zach Wilson, you know. He's been a bit of a laughing stock, especially at the start of the season, but he's a rookie. And, you know, we've got to know, you know, this Jets organisation, especially on offence, you look at their line, he's not in a position to 
play as Josh Allen is. You know, I haven't got the weapons at the moment. Uh, and he is playing better without his main weapons being available to him. You look, um, uh, Corey Davis, he's on the IR. Uh, Elijah Moore, he's been injured and he's had COVID. So he, they're his two main uh, weapons in a passing game. Um, so he's done better without his main weapons. They've relied a little bit more um, on the run game. That's been really strong the last uh, month or so. Mike LaFleur, he likes, you know, he's from the 49ers, uh, wide zone running game. They've got a couple of good running backs and Michael Carter. Uh, he's played well uh, most of his season, actually, since he's come in a fourth round pick. And Ty Johnson, who's more of a third down running back, he's had a nice complimentary role in that offence. Um, their main weapon this week, or in recent weeks, has been Braxton Barrios. He might not actually play. He's been banged up. He's not practised so far with a quad injury. Um, and then just to touch on their O-line. So it was bad in the first place. And they're already down their top two left tackles, which would be Mekai Beckton. He's been out all season. And George Fan's just been placed in the IR. Um, the other like swing tackle, who's filled in at left tackle, Idogu. Aduga, I'm going to go for. Uh, he's been uh, on the do not practice as well this week. So that might leave. Do you remember Connor McDermott? It was a bit of a yeah. swing tackle for the Bills two seasons or so ago. He's found a landing spot. He's the there, Jets. is he? He's there, yeah. <laughs> so he wasn't good enough when we had a poor line two or three seasons ago and he's at the Jets. So he could potentially be playing left tackle for them. And across the board, they're banged up in their interior. So this is not a good group. Uh, clearly, and you know, we need to take advantage. We played a poor offensive line against the Falcons, and this defensive line for us could feast again. Yeah, so, I honestly think we're going to have a field. The defense can have a field day um, yeah. against these guys. I think um, you know our defense is what, one of the best in the league, really. And um, the Jets' offense is limited. I know it's been putting up some points, but I think um, we've not seen much let up from this defense. It's not really yeah, had many bad that's games. It. You know, as you said, Zach Wilson, he's been able to, they've been able to function, they've scored points, but they've conceded points as well. So Zach Wilson's in a position that he has to, you know, shoot out. You know, and if we get up, you know, and he's got to drive the ball down downfield um, mm. to keep up, you know, it's only going to end one way. And this so. is where we get to the bets. Yeah. So we were talking just before this, the line for points in this game is 41 and a half. And it seems low, doesn't it? It feels low to me because I feel like if the game script goes in Bills' favour and we're able to get up early, I can see the Bills putting on backups on both offence and defence, you know, by end of maybe a third quarter. And Jets, you know, they want to show, they want to go out on a high, uh, maybe not by beating a Bills, but they'll be wanting to put points on the board and show that, you know, good signs ahead of next season for the fans. So I feel like, you know, based on the game script and the fact that the Jets' defence is really poor. So even if we put in backups, if we see Mitch uh, come in at quarterback, then we'll still be able to put points on them because they've not been able to stop anyone, not even the Jaguars. So I feel like even with the backup offence, we'll be able to score points. And if the Jets, you know, still playing their guys against our backups, they'll be able to score points too. So I've got, yeah, 41 and a half points. I'm really keen on the over, but based on our performance in, in terms of our betting yeah, what do we season, know? <laughs> what do we know? You know, it'll probably end up as 
just under that, won't it? But I, I, that just seems like no, good value I, I like, to me. I like the over as well. The, the handicap on the points is uh, 16 and a half in the Bills' favour. I'm not going to touch that. I think that's a... If I, I think that anything when it's sort of a two... Two, two touchdown differences getting into dangerous territory. You know, this is the NFL, and you saw that the um, they, they ran the Bucks very close last week. Mm. Um, so you just never know. Others that I like, um, Gabriel Davis receptions. Um, I, I'd be interested to see where they set the line for that. He's not played that much recently, obviously, with them being out and three receptions in the week uh, and on Sunday. And I think that... Um, Usually they set his line really low, so that's one I'm going to be looking at. I'm also going to look at the over/under on Singletary yards because I do think we'll see yeah. a heavy slice of the run game. Um, and Singletary's average yards has been going up over the last five weeks quite considerably. And again, it'll be interesting to see where they set that line. Did you notice where they set it last week? Singletary's rushing. I think he yeah. was 54 and a half. Right. So I mean, he, he doubled that. He was he yeah. That. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they set that line. But that's the other one that I'm going to be looking at. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I've got the Singletary rushing um, to look at as well. I was just curious. I assume that based on uh, the fact that this particular bet didn't go well last week, uh, Josh Allen rushing unders, you're not going to be touching that. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, actually, there's an argument to say I should I should go back to it because, like you say, we might be Mitch Trubisky and especially for a couple of scores up yeah. in the second half and that actually doesn't, doesn't um, play that much. But so, so yeah, it's it's to be interesting one to look at. I mean, I felt he took too many risks in a game that we were already we were going to be comfortable winners in um, yeah. last Sunday. So um, I don't know. You never know with Josh. <laughs> yeah. Does he does he get a slap on the wrist for that, or uh, or do they say you let Josh be Josh? I want to save those kind of performances, that that kind of that kind of action for the for the playoffs when he creates more problems for a defense. I don't want to see against the Falcons, frankly. Mm. Um, I'm not saying you know, rush five six times, great. You know, scramble if you have to, but when you're well past the first down line and you've got three linebackers bearing down on you, you slide, please. Mm. <laughs> it's just uh, why put yourself at the risk. That's the thing. Even when Josh doesn't. You know, it's not the game script to run it. He's able to break off a 30-yard run just by scrambling. Yeah. And if they've it's a massive room in the middle of a field, he's gonna take advantage of that. So I just I just don't feel I could ever it's a, it's an emotional roller coaster watching him. Initially yeah. you're like, oh, oh, oh wow, yeah, great, go. And then suddenly you're like, Oh, hang on, man, you know, you didn't need to take that hit. So it feels like yeah. uh, and then he gets up and you know he flexes a little bit and he's you know, you know, and he's, he's you can tell he's just feeling himself a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It's all part of the wild ride that is a Josh Allen quarterback but um that's yeah. it um yeah always so I've got yeah just to summarize then for overs on the points I think that's a strong bet Singletary rushing yards be interested to see whether the line is based on how he's performed in the last couple of weeks I imagine it'll be close to 70 uh, I suspect incremental increase in the uh, over under there and then Dawson Knox he didn't register a catch last week and I feel like they'll try and yeah, get him into that. the game plan yeah. and correct that so they're going to want some rhythm as well going into that, that wild card game so I suspect it's going yeah. to spread around a little bit yeah and obviously because he had no receptions last week I'd like to feel like the line might come down by one catch or you know yeah. uh, one reception so it might be worth looking at so that's my main ones so the against the spread for Bills are six and a half point favourites so I'd be interested based on your prediction how close you are to that yeah, so <laughs> I find this one hard because I have a feeling that we're going to be yeah. Mitch Trubisky in for a for a, a yeah. quarter, and yeah. so and I suspect we're gonna we're gonna run the ball a, a fair bit. So yeah. I've got um, thirty five um, 
what do I got? 35, um, 17, which feels <laughs> a little bit kind of aggressive, but that's, I don't know. Yeah, 35, 17 is where I got from. What, what about you? Yeah. So that almost just purely the Bills would get close to the point. Of, you know, it just needs yeah. Jets to score two field goals, doesn't it, to, right. to get over that. So, uh, no, that wouldn't quite do it, would it? It'd need three, nope. a, a touchdown, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. A touchdown. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm really close, actually. So I've got the Jets to score 17 points, but I've got the Bills to score a touchdown less. So I've gone Bills 28, Jets 17, which would still get the overs, but it wouldn't quite, I don't think, cover this. No, it wouldn't, obviously. It's 11 points I've got them winning by. So as I said, I've already explained it. Like I think we'll get up early and play backups, possibly end of third, you know, the full fourth quarter. And as I said, Jets, I still think we'll have something to play for. So i I would expect even, you know, with our backups that they'll be able to score some points. You know, you know, Zach Wilson, you know, I don't know how many touchdowns they got against the Bucks. Um, probably about three, possibly four. So they scored twenty four points against the Bucks. So, so is that three, three touchdowns? Field, yeah, field, yeah. Field goal, yeah. So I know statistically our defense has probably been a little bit better than Bucks, but that Bucks is still a good defence. So I just think that they will score points. The Falcons scored what, 15 in the end, and I know two were from safety, but um, yeah, I just think they will score some points. So 28-17 is one going for. Yep. Very good. All right. Well, I think that wraps up our show for today. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we will be back next week um, for a review of this uh, this game and a preview of the uh, of the wildcard round. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, please feel free. We are Bills From Afar on Twitter or BillsFromAfar at gmail.com if you want to get in touch over email um, or individually. I am Charlie underscore sports and he is TimRose90. Um, check out the uh, latest stuff from Adam and Alex on the Red, White and Buffalo Blues podcast as well um, to get your fill of, of other UK-based content. And as, uh, as Tim said, we're going to be coming back in the off-season with uh, interviews with some, um, some Bills fans from afar, people that are uh, Bills fans but perhaps weren't born in Western New York and have kind of grown up with their fandom elsewhere. So they're going to be telling their stories from different corners of the world. So, yeah, look out for that uh, in the next few weeks once the Bills are out of, <laughs> out of the running for, this, uh, for these games. And then beyond that, of course, we'll also be doing plenty of draft coverage. It's a bit of a passion of, of mine and Tim's, so there'll be plenty of stuff for those of you that are that way inclined yeah. to uh, to up on um so yes until next time uh, go bills go bills